This is the Hollywood Umbani Conversations. We have some wonderful ladies. As you all know that South Africa is celebrating uh, Disability Month, uh, we should also celebrate it too. Even though we are diaspora, but we are over here in the Americas. We don't even forgot what's going on at home. We support everything about home. I'm glad to have all everybody listening. It's going to be a great show. I've got some wonderful ladies that we're going to talk to. We're going to talk to two ladies, which is Regina and Olga, and I'm going to introduce them shortly right now i just want to give you a rundown of what the tributes excellent awards that they won that i put on the poster what are they about so in 2010 in 2010 of um 2010 and uh, the valhalla arts uh, unveiled the tributes excellence award a special project conceptualizing to honor women with disabilities we have left a lasting legacy in our social, economic, and political landscape. The tributes was designed to involve the South African community in identifying and nominating high-profile women with disabilities who deserve recognition for the sterling work they do in local communities and the wider society. Each year, 13 finalists are selected in specific categories and invited to three-day fun-filled celebration hosted by Valhalla Arts at the chosen province in South Africa. So, so far, they have actually had 91 people who actually been awarded the tributes uh, statuette. I really appreciate to have these ladies and I'm so lucky and we are so lucky to actually have them on. They actually here with us, not in America, but over the phone. And they're going to be telling us about everything they've done to to deserve the awards. And shout out to Musa Zulu with the Valhalla Arts. What a great honor said to give us a chance to talk to these ladies. We have two of them today, Olga and Regina. And then tomorrow we'll have other ladies. The song that is playing on the, on the background, I'm going to give it to you guys just a little bit. This is actually Regina. Regina is an artist and she, she's from South Africa. And... Uh, She's going to tell us everything about herself and, and her music. And we also have Olga on the other side, and she's from Free State. And she's going to tell us everything about her. Let me just give you this, uh, this, song, uh, by, um, this song by Regina. And uh, the name of the song, this is the problem. I'm going to let her tell us about the name of the song. Let me just give you a song a little bit. What a great song what a great song uh, she's gonna tell us all about it and uh, let me introduce the ladies uh, regina and olga regina and olga welcome to umbani radio down from uh, denbury connecticut where we are broadcasting live in the united states welcome to the show ladies how are you i'm fine and you yeah we are fine we are fine and this is uh olga right or oh, this is regina let me make sure i make everybody understand let's start with you olga just say hello and tell everybody who you are and where you're from okay good evening everybody my name is olga from free state olga from free state where in free state are you at botabelo Bochabelo. Bochabelo. How far is that from Warden? Because I grew up in Warden. In Warden. Warden maybe is like on... I don't know Warden. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Bethlehem. Be okay, Bethlehem. No, it's far. It's far? Yeah, it's far. Yeah. How is the weather in Free State? Uh, how is the weather in Free State right now? Uh, it's too much hot. It's hot right now? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, in the other line too, we also have uh, Regina and uh, uh, Regina is also, um, okay, just to let everybody know, Olga won um, the Courage Award with uh, Tributes Award and then Regina won the Ambassadorship Award. And Regina, welcome to the show. This is Kule with Umbani Radio. Can you just introduce yourself and tell the listeners who you are? Uh, 
Hello, Regina. Regina, I think we lost a little bit. Let's continue with Olga and then uh, we're going to get to Regina uh, shortly. Hey, uh, Olga, just if you can just please uh, just let the listeners know um, about Hello. yourself. Oh, we I'm got here? we got you, Regina. Yes. I was so worried that I lost <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm so
I go to the hospital. Then the doctor just tell me, no man, there is nothing. If you, you, you feel like you have a pain, just take some painkillers. You will be all right. Okay. I started to take that, some painkillers. But in 20, in 2014, my leg started to have some sort. I go to the local clinic, do some dressing, that so they can heal. Then in 2015, yeah, 2015, the doctor tell me, you know what, we have two options. It's either you cut your leg or you go to the bypass. Mm. Uh, it was not easy at all because I didn't get uh, enough support because on that time, my mom was already died. Mm. Uh, when I grew up, I, 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 I raised by my grandmother and my grandfather. I didn't mm. stay with my mom, my biological, my biological mom. Mm-hmm. Then I stayed with my biological mom in 2001. Then maybe in a few months, he died. She died. Oh, my God. Then what? When the doctor tells me, you must go to do the bypass, because I don't know what is the operation, maybe how I'm going to treat that operation, but uh, I go to do the both legs, the bypass. And then before they do it, they just told me, if this bypass, they are blocked, there is no option. We must your legs oh my god so no, okay. doctor, it's fine. Well, hold on just I, one I second so hold on just one second okay. uh, so the reason why the lo- the legs were blocked it says that here your veins were just too small too to small. distribute enough blood uh on your legs yes. was that the reason why they said the only option is to cut or is to amputate you yes Oh my God! Because my veins was already damaged. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I I cut my first leg on twenty twenty fifteen. After doing two bypasses, I have to cut my leg. Maybe after three months, mm-hmm. I cut one leg after my birthday on sixteen November. Mm-hmm. Then. After I cut that leg, the other legs that I have, they still have a problem. Mm-hmm. Then after maybe six months or five months, I have to go back to do another amputate for mm-hmm. the last leg. Mm-hmm. That was on 31st May. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It was not easy at all. It was not easy because at that time, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a, my own kids, uh-huh. but I have my three little brother, uh-huh. and uh, I I I'm the one I'm I'm the older one I'm uh-huh. looking to them. Uh-huh. So I, I it was not easy because I I I must work so that they can uh-huh. they they can go sleep without some food or what, and I encourage them to go to school. Evening, I didn't have a metric, but I encourage them to go to school to finish and to get their metric, mm-hmm. and they do. Mm-hmm. Then, but were, uh, just before when I cut my first leg, uh, my my other brother, mm-hmm. he was willing to take his life. Oh my! Because God. he he takes me as his mother. Yes. Then. So he was traumatized. He was, like, he was just traumatized by the experience of what you were going through. It was hitting home to him. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then when I came back to hospital, I just and tell them, you know what? Okay, fine. I don't have a leg. But what I, I'm happy, I can sleep. I yes. don't have a pain anymore. Okay, it is not easy for me. Yes. So, if you're going to love me as your sister, as you do before, everything will be fine. 
because yes. I love myself. Mm-hmm. So please, just do me, just do me a favor to love me like you used to love me before. Yes. Then mm. yeah, my life started to be not easy because I don't know how to push the wheelchair. I don't know how to go outside. Put everything. It must be prepared at home. Oh my God! Maybe to 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 around inside the house with a wheelchair. You basic. So they must make some space. Yeah. So basically, you couldn't get any mobility in, even inside the house because the house is not designed for handicap, right? Yeah. For for some people who use a wheelchair. Yes. 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 Then hmm. I just. Evening, if I I want to go to the mall, I must go with somebody. And sometimes I will ask somebody to go with me at the mall, and that person, he or she, has a, a, a something to do on that day. I must stay at home, not mm-hmm. to go anywhere. It was not easy. Mm-hmm. Then on on twenty twenty sixteen, yeah, uh, my. My other lady at the hospital called me and said, Olga, we have a, a, a fun run here at a hospital and we like you to take a part there. I say, okay, right, I will be there. And on that time, I didn't know I, I'm, I must push myself. I thought mm. maybe someone will help me. Mm. I will mm. be sit like this and someone will push me. Then after we, we registered again on that day, mm-hmm. it's like, no, everybody must push her or himself. Mm-hmm. I will be like, oh my God, I didn't push myself evening at home. I just pushed myself maybe uh, around inside the house. And it's not like a, a, a big place. It's like that, just a short, short thing. I, I just say, oh God, just give me a strength to do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't came here to win but I think this it will help me to go through this mm-hmm. then yeah on that day I become position five I was happy I was happy because I, I, I did better because it was my first time to do that and it was my first time to push myself for 3.5 kilometers Wow so I <laughs> wow. I was happy. Then, then I started to go everywhere where I like to go without anybody to help me. Hmm. I, I will have a problem if I want to go inside some other store and they didn't have a, a ramp for wheelchair. I yes. would be like, oh, sister or brother, please could you help me to get inside the, the, the store? Yes. Then, I realized or no man, if I go to the community radio station to ask for some help, um, maybe what, what, what's somehow. The, what's the name of that radio station? I would like to give them a shout out because this this is great just to hear what you've been through and uh, and getting assistance. To give me the uh, the name of the radio station, please. Musuba Petzela FM. Musuba Petzela FM. Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. I can't thank you anymore. Uh, go, go, go ahead, Olga. I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. And listeners, just to remind everybody, I'm talking to Regina and Olga right now. Olga is just telling us a story. Regina is in the other line. She's going to be joining us shortly too to tell a story. Olga is just letting us know what she's been through. She won the Courage Awards for. Uh, she won the Courage Award from the Tributes Awards, which were organized by Valhalla Arts. You can go to valhallaarts.com and get to see all their stories. Go ahead, Olga. I'm sorry I cut you off. Okay. And then, you know what? Before that, I, I, I used to pray and ask God to take my life. Because when I see myself, I was like, I used to have a leg. I know how to have a leg. I didn't know how to 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 live this life i don't it was i don't know what can i say but it was not easy oh my god yeah i pray god please take my life if i go to the surgery please take my life i go there and please don't make me to come back to see another day again 
Then I will I will take some some book and write it down everything everything I feel everything I I I think on that time I will write it down and then after that I will take that paper and throw it away and say you know what you can do it you can do it it is not you who will be you must take this this is your challenge you have to face it and mm-hmm. if you believe in yourself you will you will okay like now now i, I I'm, I'm living my life i live like evening okay fine i don't have a leg but that doesn't bother me it yeah. was like ah uh, it does part of down there on my legs it doesn't mean anything and i can go anywhere where i like then like now i i i, I stay at the text ring feeling a time there okay how is how how is that going that's just your business on the side says how is that going for you it's cool it's cool you like it i i started to work there for maybe a a month i didn't get a pay but still i tell myself i go there if i must get the pay i will but now it's not my turn to get that paid but i will go there till they see i i i i I like my job and i can do it no matter what oh my god i'm so proud of you sister i'm so proud of you let me let regina in uh so that she can tell us to regina uh i know we 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 had a little bit of a difficulty with the line in the other side i just go back just to tell us who you are and what you're about and thank you sis olga we'll be asking questions too just stay on the line we'll be just talking to you guys and i want to introduce somebody else later on who can benefit from this but uh, um, to you, Sis Regina, can you just go ahead and tell us who you are, where you're from? And shout out to all the listeners uh, that are listening right now. We have a lot of people that are listening that are really enjoying the chat. Let us know on Facebook if there is anything I can ask these ladies. Communicate with them too on Facebook and social media so you can find out what they've been up to. They are doing a lot of great things. Regina uh, won the Ambassadorship Award with the Tributes Award, right? Yes, I did. Wow. And uh, oh, j- yeah. just wow. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> j- 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 <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ooh, Lord have mercy. So yes, hi everybody. <laughs> hi, 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 hi world. Hi to all the listeners. My name is Regina Mary. I'm an actress, a motivational speaker, an activist, and I just got the ambassadorship award. And because I love my job so much and I've learned that a lot of visuals and sound are more faster in learning. I did the song, My Albanism is so hot, because it's all about self-introduction. So, wow. So, yeah, you know, I've been listening to Olga's story, and I just want to let the listeners know who have been listening to her to say the reason why we are here sharing our stories with you so openly, so nakedly, so transparently, is because we are saying you do not have to stop where you are. You do not have to think that impossible is, is hard. Impossible is just a word. So yeah, let me get into my story as well. Um, so yeah, I'm a woman with albinism, by the way, everybody that's listening. So born with albinism, I, um, I'm mixed, I'm half South African, half Zambian. So my mom is Zambian, my dad and grandmother is South African. So I was born in Zambia, uh, a few years of my childhood and later on as I was raised in South Africa. So born with albinism, because the country was not informed with the issues and I personally believe that sometimes when you're born and you find a label that's already there that people are already utilizing according to how they feel or how they relate to it and then you get into that situation you have no idea. Being born with albinism um, my mom told me that the first thing the nurse asked her was is your husband white and then she said no and then she asked why and then she picked up she picked me up in the air my mom could see so that also caused conflict within the family. My dad had to leave and they had to have a family discussion in terms of explaining that I'm actually his child and it's all in the dream. So with that being done away and me having a great dad in my life, then I started experiencing situations where albinism was not discussed in the house or talked about. So when I was on the streets, when I was trying to play with other kids, they would spit in their church, they would run away, they would call me names and I didn't understand why are they doing that, what's going on, what could be the reason, because nobody discussed it. And also because of the myths and the beliefs about urbanism and us having magic powers, 
At the age of eight, I was raped by a family member who I called my uncle, you know, because um, as parents, we introduce certain people to our kids saying, that's your uncle, that's your auntie, so that's what you know. So this person, I called him my uncle, and that's what happened. Also not knowing that having albinism, I am short-sighted. That means I can see, but I cannot see a longer distance. I'm not uh, long vision, oh, I'm short, like I'm not partially sighted, but it's just low vision. So I didn't know that as well. So when I started my primary school and the teacher would be writing on the blackboard, I couldn't see. I would see the white color, but I wouldn't see exactly what was she writing. And of course, with the whole myths and the discrimination and the stories around Albanism, the kids didn't want to sit next to me. When I asked the teacher, ma'am, I can't see what you're writing, she stopped and she would yell, I cannot stop teaching the whole class for one child. And of course, being a child, I don't know I have to stand up for myself. I don't even know why the people are treating me the way they're treating me. So as a child, I can't speak. I don't belong here. I'm not learning like other people. Why should I be here? They don't want me. What can I do? Let me go spend time in the toilet. Let me pee on myself so that my teacher can punish me and I can go in the sick room. So basically, I never got the foundation of your literacy from your A, B, C, D, your vowels, your verbs, my and everything God. like that. Mm. Uh, exactly. So I was pushed on from one grade to the other without meeting the past requirements. It's called condoned. And then I didn't realize what was going on because now the, the discrimination became so severe that I always tell my listeners that never ever let the community teach your kids how to treat each other. I talk about this story because I want other parents to learn upfront. Because of the discrimination around other kids, my brother was never talked about. He said, this is your sister. She's pretty. She's an angel. She's divine. Protect her. Look after her. This and this will happen, but you stand by her. So when other people would discriminate, speak and everything, that affected him that he started discriminating against me as well. But he was a child and he was only doing what he saw other people doing. That's mm-hmm. why I talk about this. So parents must know that Charity begins at home. You cannot always be there to protect your child in the world, but you can train your child how to protect themselves. So basically, that's what happened. And um, getting and also in between that, because I wasn't accepted by friends or other people, I wanted approval. I wanted to be to be loved, and I didn't know what is it that I can do for people to love me, you know. And then it happened that because I was almost eight, nine, yeah. There was this three ladies who stayed next door to our house. You know, I've never shared this story before, but because I speak for parents and children to know that if this is an international interview, I want them to know that you can always train your child how to protect themselves. Yes. So the three women stayed next door and they were older, you know, so they gave me attention. But the thing is that the three ladies worked as co-workers, they were persons. So... They would always call me and they loved me. They called me a little girl. They called me I was pretty. They gave me this attention that other people didn't. Yes. So I loved spending time with them. Mm-hmm. But the disadvantage in that is that their love for me was, was real. But the thing is that when, while I was there, they would have clients and other people come and then they would have sexual activities with them, you know. And they would allow me to witness that. Sometimes they would tell me, come and engage, come and do this. So and, I am a and, and, I am seeing this kind and, of... And just not to cut yes. you off, Mama, because I want to make that clear. Who are these ladies? These were just people that you met. No, these were people who stayed next door to us. They were oh, like they were neighbors, just staying. This is what they did for a living. Okay. Yes. So what were they doing? They were actually, um, they, they were actually, will you say that they were, I just, were they prostitutes or were they just? Well, that's what they, that's, that's the job they did. Basically, okay. that's respectfully, that's the job they did, right? Yes. But while they did that job, of course, me staying next door, they acknowledged me, you know, because I was always never having friends. Yes. And like I said, I believe their, their, their attention towards me was, was, was genuine. Pure. Yes. Like, I don't think they realized that as a child, I work with visuals. What I see gets into my brain faster than what I hear. So yes. when they were having their sexual encounters, they never said, leave the room. They let me watch. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't know what was happening, you know. Oh but my in my head, I thought, is that what I should let people do to me so they can accept me? So from there, I experienced sexual encounters, sexual molestation from the gardener and different other people that were around my community. You know, it got to a point where because I couldn't read and write, 
I was very, very ashamed, embarrassed of who I am, the skin color that everybody hates. And in, I, ha- I went to a private school, but it didn't catch up for special needs. So in my French class, I had this incident that constantly happened when I was at school. In my French class, my teacher would come and he would write the, the days of the week, Lendi, Mandi, Mekwedi on the board, and he would ask the students to read. And while they're reading loudly, I couldn't read. And he would stop the class and start addressing me publicly. Why are you not reading? You know, and it would be such a shame to say, I, I, I can't see. And would, people would laugh about it. The kids would laugh. And that would just kill my self-esteem. And I would just feel like I'm, I, I can't be here. So he would tell me, if you can't read, come to my desk and you can read from here. And the only thing I thought, I'm so scared. I'm so scared I can't read. But while I was at his desk, he would have his one hand on the book, and then the one hand would be at my grip, you know. And because nobody ever sat me down as a child to say, yes, that's exactly what happened. He would have oh one hand God. on the book saying, read, and then one hand would be up my grip. He would say, open your legs, and he would be playing with me. I would be in pain, but I didn't know that was sexual molestation because I never had an encounter where we are told if a man puts his hand here or puts his hand there, this is what he means. You know, in most cases, because of our, of our old generation and our culture and tradition, there's things that parents are not comfortable telling kids with, you know. So this is why I share this story. So people must know that you can train a child to say this. You don't have to literally mention the, the private parts on name. You can have a conversation. This is a flower. This is a rose. This is a, a princess. So when your daughter comes to you and says, Mommy, they were playing with my flower, you will know what she's talking about. Because pedophiles don't just wake up and people in your child, no, they, they have done this for a long time. They know a trained child to a vulnerable child to a child who needs attention. Because mm. every time after the period would end, this gentleman would be would tell me, you are very, very beautiful. Don't tell anyone, yes? And I would say yes, because he called me beautiful. Nobody called me beautiful. No one wanted to play with me. So I didn't know that while I was being sexually abused, I was actually thinking, oh, this is okay. It's okay because I've got the skin color and it's not acceptable to people. So going on into that, getting into high school, I felt miserably. You know, I couldn't structure a sentence. I couldn't even see the board. I had no access to glasses. It got to a point where um, I attempted constant suicide. In total count, 11 suicides. To a point where I was actually then put into a mental institution because the doctor assumed I... I was a danger to myself, not knowing that I was trying to cry out for help. Being in a, cl- a classroom where you can't read, you can't see the board, and you're always last on the bottom list, you know. And every time you make a mistake, everybody laughs at you. And it's only me. I don't have other people in the community that have albinism. So I don't know that this is actually, there's more. There's a lot of us. It's not just me. I assumed this is just me. How could this God put me on earth to suffer like this? Oh so my, my anger got so bad that I, I became so angry that because I tried so many suicide attempts, I tried to cut myself, I, I tried banking school, just not going to school at all, but all those things were not working because my mom would say, go back to school, go back to school. You're going to do it regardless, you know. So it got to a point when I was locked up in the mental institution, I felt so, I felt so betrayed because after my suicide attempt, I was, sent, I was taken to a a social worker who passed me on to a teenage suicide group, who passed me on to a psychologist, to some third doctor who, who talked to me nicely and said, I could trust her. What is wrong, Regina, she asked. And I said, I'm struggling at school. I can't see, so it, it, I can't write like other kids. So she said, if you can't write, can you draw what you feel? You know, I'm a teenager, I'm angry. My whole beginning teenage has just been anger, so I'm boiling with anger. So when she told me to draw, I drew a picture of my mom, my brother, and my dad hanging in that stabbing. And she didn't ask me, why did you draw this picture? Why do you hate them so bad? She just took that picture, took it to the next doctor, and then next thing I was told, you're not going home anymore, and you have to go to the mental institution where I was sedated like a wild dog. So all that made me feel, when you speak out to the world, when you cry out with your problems, they judge you. They, they don't even care to think what's what. So when I left that mental institution, it was after two weeks, you know, because I realized I put myself here because I was honest enough. That means I can take myself out of here. Mm. So going back to school, realizing I can't fit in, I'm a failure at home, I am, you know, everything was just like clutter. So I started stealing people's work. I started changing people's books. I would 
example, you were the next student, I will take your work, change your cover, put a new cover and put my name tag and own that work. I would wait for the school to be cleared out, jump the school things, come back, steal the teachers' questions and answers. I just had to do, I did whatever I could to, to make myself feel better because I realized that my pain was other people's happiness. So let my happiness be their pain. So I started burning other kids' books. I started, it was just one hurtful process after another, you know, which also gets back to my motivational talks. I always tell people, do not treat any human being like an animal and be shocked at the beast they become. When there's problems in schools and kids are fighting and kids are stabbing each other, it's not because that kid has a problem. It's because, yes, that kid is going through something that nobody's willing to listen or they're not ready to talk about because there's no platform that says, let's talk. If I can't read and write, it's okay. Don't laugh at me. I can learn. But it's like, no, if you are dumb, you don't belong here. And that's a very wrong attitude to have with any type of lifestyle in any world. So basically leaving high school knowing I wasn't going to pass, you know, because of course I knew I couldn't read and write. Mm, mm, it was even mm. harder leaving that because now getting into the real world, the city, you're not a student. You know, when you're a student, it's much easier because people can actually be considerate, you know. But when you're out here in the real world where you have to be independent, there is nothing like, mom, can I have this? Or dad, can I have this? You have to stand on your own two feet. So here's mm. a girl who wants to be an actress. I want to be an actress so bad. Yeah, you know, read. you know, will... yeah, you know what? Just because of the time constraints and your story, sister, is so powerful, and I love it. And there is a beautiful side uh, of all of this <laughs> because we're talking to somebody who not only can sing because I made everybody listen to your song. You can also act. <laughs> you can also act. I'm actually, yeah. Definitely. I actually have a movie that's coming on the, in December. It's called Ibala. That's in Zulu, but it's called Kala. I've actually done three movies and a series based on albinism. So that's my, my voice right now. I advocate for albinism. I've got two plays. I also have a one woman show based on everything I just said, Mary, Mary, my voice that takes you through my life journey. Cause what I've realized in life is that you cannot be conformed to this world, but you have to be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, what you think becomes you. I had to decide and say, who and what do I want to be? And I said, an actress. What does it take to be an actress? Confidence, this and that and that. And I took that part and created my own identity. And today I'm so happy to have albinism. And if I could go back, I wouldn't change anything. Wow. Wow. Regina, you are an amazing woman. I must tell you that. And uh, people letting me know here on WhatsApp uh, how they enjoy both of your stories. We actually, um, I'm also going to go back and try to uh, get Olga too because we did lose her. She's actually off the line right now. But while I'm talking to you, Regina, with your own experience, you know, I have so many questions and I know for sure that I cannot finish all of my questions about what you've been through on this show. What I can ask you, okay, yeah. what I can ask you, it seems like, you know, with everything you're saying, one thing that always come up to every African child that is going through all kinds of troubles that are surrounding their environment it seems like there was no proper guidance from the family itself. Do you think that if that was actually established correctly, even though, of course, acceptance is not something you can do about, people decide to accept or not to accept. But if that was established correctly, do you think that would have actually been effective? Because we have a, a lot of young mothers, a lot of young dads nowadays going through the same thing, and then maybe they decide to do what exactly other people did, like going away or decided to embody the kid uh, do you think that for them staying in a situation like that your parents and getting a strong support from home will have made a huge difference no what what i what i believe is that um it's, it's not about the, the the foundation from the parents because trust me i used to blame my mom for everything but today i realize that there is no manual that you find you know, so I would love to say it's not the fact of the foundation or the parents or the home. It's a lack of information, lack of information that they word of mouth and visuals and sounds and constant broadcasting that teaches you about a constant thing. 
that helps. And also looking at it from a point of the fact that with my case, not being able to read and write, I had to use a movie. I used to listen to the movie and then pause and look at the subtitle, then I would memorize that. I started using music videos and riddicks. I would listen and then I would memorize that. I hated God with a passion to a point where I challenged him to say, how can you take away my ability to read and write, yet you want me to worship you? Before I knew it, I had an audio Bible, which was so shocking, and I knew, wow, if this God is real, then he must have heard me, because I put that audio Bible into a CD, and I started listening to the Bible. Everything that was written down, I could hear. And because I could hear, now I was awakened to the world. I was awakened to belonging because I had information that people would read, I could hear. So I started using visuals to teach myself. And with that, made me the woman I am. And because I realized that the lack of information is hard because not everyone can read, not everyone can understand big words, not everyone can speak English, but people can see pictures. Pictures tell a thousand stories. So if you see me in a visual where you see me modeling and I'm looking like this president, I'm on my way, and you are somewhere in Malawi, you are in Tanzania, and you are thinking, it's just me. Then you see that on broadcasting, that will make your heart start beating and say, no, if she can be there, then I can do that. So there is no role models out there who say, girl, get up. Just like Olga told her story. How many people are inside the houses saying, I want to die? I attempted 11 suicide attempts. Because I couldn't speak. There was no platform for me to speak. So what we need is more voices and more ears and more visual broadcasting things. Because right now I have a program that I created called Dynamite Dynamic Explosion. It's a literacy program that teaches... Okay, can you repeat that name? Can you repeat that? Regina, can you repeat that name so that the listeners can check it out? It's Dynamite Dynamic Explosion. Dynamite Dynamic Explosion, right? Yes, yes. Okay. and they can find it on reginamary.myvoice. That's my page where I have all my stories and all my words and all my inspirations and telling you out there to say, if I am 28 years old now and at the age of 25, I managed to get myself a buzzing and I was able to learn the beginning of your literacy, which you did once upon a time. I was now learning A, B, C, D, where you put a full stop, where you put a comma. Oh, I my God. Like, wow. I was taught you need to use a dictionary constant. I didn't even know because when I went to school, we didn't have dictionaries. So kids don't know that there's always a way out. And Karen, so people ask me, how can you speak so well, but then you can't read? I say, because I always make sure if the door is locked, I go to the window. If the window is locked, I'll go to the bathroom, but I'm not going back home without an answer. And you know, I got that motivation from five guys who built into our house. So as much as I went through all the sexual abuse, I was raped twice, age eight and age 23. You know, and for some reason, I always tell people this rape saved my life because I was so bitter. I was so angry that I was about to just give up my life. And I told myself, I can't be anything. I can't read. I can't write. I'm pathetic to life. Let me just go be a prostitute because I've tried to kill myself. It's not working. But something told me you cannot do this because while I was listening to that Bible, I came across the story of Moses, David, Samuel. And these people had, you know, a terrible foundation, but their outcome was like, wow. So that's been encouraging me to say, okay, maybe this God could be real, you know. But that time, I was so frustrated because I'm not working, I'm nothing. I want to be an actress, that's all. But I can't due to my literacy. So I told myself, I'm going to give up and go be a prostitute. But before I could make that step on the next day, that night, five guys broke into the house, one of them raped me. And it, 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 it felt so painful because the process of not just being raped, but going through the police station, going through the doctor, it's just another world. When you come back to life, you have to pretend like you're okay because you don't know if people are hurting for you or hurting with you. Or It's just complicated. But it got to my turning point was one day I remember I was standing in the kitchen and I was thinking, I'm going to go to the tallest building ever, 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 and I'm going to jump from there. And then before I could do that, just my instinct or my God, but a voice, not literally a voice outside, but something said, listen, Mary, let's get a call. You want to go jump and you really need to do this. But before you do that, let's just make something clear. You are angry, you are hurt that you got raped in your home, but you didn't know this would happen. And you're not the only one. And this happens to people. It's not your fault. But Mary, you've been living a reckless life. You've been so bitter with life that you, you're angry, you steal, you smoke, you're angry, you walk at night, 
You were willing to go and be a prostitute. What if this rape had happened to you there? How would you handle it knowing it was your fault? And that's the answer I couldn't give myself because I was so hurt it happened to me unknowingly. What if it happened to me and I took myself there because I was so angry with life? And I realized, no, no more. I want to be an actress. I'm going to fight for this. So I started teaching myself through audio, sound, pictures. If I wanted a spelling for sugar, I would go in the kitchen and I would look, get the packet and I would look for an S and I would be like, that has to be sugar. Anything, I, I started listening to motivational speakers and from there I started knowing that, you know what? What I went through, nobody else has to go through it because I, this is it. And people mm. need to know it's okay. It's mm. okay, we're all born to learn and we're all born not knowing. But the whole point of life is to teach, to become comfortable. This thing, Disability Month, um, South Africa. It's time for us to start combining, using the same restaurants, going to the same schools, so that we don't become weird to each other. Because when we are kept in, in separate places, disability, full able, that, 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 then we are causing separation. Because if I don't know about you and how I can help you in a wheelchair, how will you know about me and my albinism and my short sight? So it's time we open our voice and say, listen, when I'm using these crutches, this is what happens. If I'm walking with a dog, this dog won't bite you. This is what's going to happen. If I'm blind and I'm using a stick, what does that stick mean? We need more adverts out there, more visuals. There's so much technology that's going on out there, but they just keep on advertising stuff that are not really, really informing society that we are within each other. We're not going to disappear. My albinism is in your genes. Tell me today, others are being born tomorrow. So it's not going to end there. So wow. it's trying to start teaching each other and knowing that we're here for each other. Wow, yeah. Re Regina, sister. I, I can't thank you enough. Mm -hmm. My goodness, you are wonderful. Listen, Regina, because of the time constraints, mm -hmm. I'm going to take one phone call. I'm going to introduce a listener who was listening to you who's over here in the Americas. And uh, her name is Nontlantla. And we're also going to get back to Olga, try to get her back on the show so that we can close it up correctly. And I just want to introduce uh, Nontlantla. Nontlantla, yes. Nontlantla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kuli. How y'all doing? We're, we're doing good. Regina is Hi. on the other line. Olga is uh, <laughs> off the line right now. I'm going to bring Olga back uh, eventually, but not let her go ahead, Sissy. Tell, uh, tell uh, this lady where you are and uh, where you're from in South Africa and all that cool stuff. And if you have any kind words or questions to ask, uh, go ahead. Hi, Regina. Uh, well, Hello. I'm currently in Cape Town. I'm currently in the U.S. I am working and studying, and I have a daughter at home. And listening to your story, it just touches my heart because what you're talking about is kind of the same thing that is happening to me and my family and my daughter because of lack information. It was even too, it was even hard to pinpoint that there was something wrong with my daughter. You know, you know. Um, okay. Uh, Does your daughter have yeah. albinism? Okay. Uh, she, has, she has some challenges, not as same as albinism, but um, I understand what you're going through, and I am so proud that you got through it, and I admire your strength, and it is um, making me aware that there is a lack of uh, information out there for a lot of people who are facing uh, 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 challenges, you know, you and, but thank you for speaking out. Thank you for speaking out. Thank you so much. And, and just before you leave, I would just like to tell you this. Um, thank you very much for sharing. So the, first, the very, very step you can do is when you see your little girl right now, just keep telling her how beautiful she is. Because once that comes from you, Embrace her every day. Tell her how beautiful she's an angel. Let her watch fairy tales and show her how beautiful she is. And because when we embrace people constantly and tell people about the good they're doing, they want to do more and they grow from that. And also you can go on my page called Regina Mary, my voice. Where I've got visions of myself, the movies I've done, other people with albinism out there who are dynamite, dynamically shining out there. So you need to show her role model. You need to go on the internet and forget the fact that Every time when you Google albinism on the internet, you won't find it in a You're going to find the death in Tanzania. You're going to find all the terrible things. But you don't see Mary Day on a movie or Shining or Simba 
or you know all these great people with organism because they're there like Diana Forrest is in America and you know these great people so you need to now focus her mind into a positive positive side because you have to remember her mind is a memory card she can only use what you install in it you know so if you tell her this is what she is it doesn't matter where she goes out there she will tell them listen my name is and I'm beautiful and that's how it's going to be but it has to come from you it has to be a constant thing that you install into her if she comes back home and she gets five out of ten Honey, you got five out of ten. Great! You're gonna get six tomorrow. You're gonna get seven the next day. And you never ever compare your children, regardless whether they have albinism or not. Never ever compare your siblings because you cause conflict without even knowing it. My brother was so intelligent, and that's God given his gift. But because he was compared to me, I started hating him, thinking if he was not here, they would notice me, and that was not the case. So. Every time, acknowledge people's greatness and then empower them on that. Wow. And never ever look down and think otherwise. Yeah. You, you, you know what, Regina, I can listen to you all day and pretty sure Nontlalo will say the same thing. <laughs> My goodness, what a great speaker you are. Not only a great speaker, a great ambassador. So now I know why you won that ambassadorship uh, award. Hey, while I have you ladies, not that I'm going to keep you on. I'm just going to get Olga back because Olga, we actually, um, she was actually disconnected from the line. I don't know if it's a line on her side or mine. Probably mine, but this cross can, Atlant, is it cross Atlantic? broadcast right is that what it's called <laughs> cross atlantic broadcast Olga, welcome back to the show we actually were worried not to have you on because we have talked about a lot of things but just to close up Olga, what you've been uh, so now people can find you on social media on facebook uh who are you on social media Olga? Okay, Gwanyane, let me make sure that I actually spell that correctly, especially even for my American audience who might not even know what Gwanyane mean. So is it, uh, can you spell it for me? Is it N-K-O-A-N-Y-A-N-E. Okay, all right. And the first name is Olga, it's an O-L-G-A. And you have been up in free state keep doing all the great work mama we love you we really appreciate you having on on the show i can't even imagine what you've been through and things that you've been through and i have known client in the other line she's one of the ladies from here in the united states she was listening and i brought her in on the show as a listener so uh i don't know not like that is anything you wanted to say to olga uh, not like that is still there mama I, I think, hi. Uh, oh, hi. We have Olga back from Free State in Bochabelo. I don't know if you wanted to say anything to her. I just want to say I am so proud of her, and I'm so glad that I listened uh, to her show. She's been she's so motivational, even to me. She's just touching to me. She's making me aware of other things that I wasn't aware of. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nontlata. We appreciate you, Mama. Ladies, uh, um, let me come back to you, Regina. How can we get you on on social media? On social media, I have a page called Regina Mary dot my voice. So my voice, my voice, Regina Mary, my voice. And also with that, um, unity is strength. So yes. as much as I can speak like this on my own, I'm easily broken. But as a nation around, as a team, as a gathering, we are undefeated. You know, I would like people to try this exercise out. Take a full match box, take one stick out and break it, then take the rest of the sticks, hold them together, try and break those, and then tell me what happens. So in short, on my own, I can't do this. So um, I know time is going out, but in terms of visual content, I am more based on visuals, stories that people want to tell stories, I can be their voice because Tanzania, Africa, Malawi, Zambia, Congo, they need us. And the struggles there are deep because if I can talk on social media, they are not on social media, they don't have WhatsApp, they don't have Facebook, so my voice is not reaching out to them. So if we can use visual content of empowerment and stories and movies and take that footage and go all the way into the villages and put up projectors and start speaking to people about unity and togetherness, 
I believe that we are all going to find revolution and liberation because love liberates, you know, and I got that from Maya Angelou. I didn't believe that such a great woman has such a terrible past, but today her voice speaks for the world, even in her not being here. So that also inspired me to know it doesn't matter what story you're from. It matters how you end the story, not how it starts. So... Yeah. Oh my God! I appreciate you. And any last words from you, uh, Olga? To you? Uh, my last words will be like, uh, please, guys, each and every person, we must love ourselves. Then everything it will be alright. If you love yourself, everything it it will be possible to to maybe God. We must love ourselves so that God could. They help us to do everything we want to do it. It's not over till he said so. Because in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, I used to read a, a Jeremiah where God says, I know you before, even before you are born. So each and every person, we must love ourselves, no matter what situation we are in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, ladies? I can even express my gratitude and my, 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 my. Hey, that's your song, actually. Listeners, I'm gonna close up the show. <laughs> I'm gonna close up the show from uh, Regina Mary, and the name of the song is My Albinism is Hot. Did I get the song correctly? Albinism is so hot. Hey, where can they and get I'm the song? The whole world to take part in. Well, right now I'm in pre-production for the music video, so I would really love the whole world to participate. I would love if I could send the song to everyone around this world that would love to embrace their albinism. They can take a footage or a video from where they are, send it to me, and we can just have a beautiful my albinism is so hot around the world. So maybe I would also love people to actually contact me and say, listen, I heard your song. I think this, I think that. Let's do this together and embrace our beauty because time is ticking and you cannot bring it back. So while uh, we're worrying about what we can't change, Let's do what we can do. And that's it great. That's great, Regina. And we appreciate you both, ladies. Ladies, just stay on the line. I'm going to go off the line in the radio. Guys, I really appreciate you. We have other ladies tomorrow. We're going to do this all week. We're going to have two ladies on the line between 2 and 3, the United States Eastern Standard Time. And I know over in, uh, in the back down in Cali, you guys, I just got up almost lunchtime now and we're getting to the afternoon. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. And thank you, Germany. I saw you on the line. Thank you, London. I saw you guys. And thank you over in Thailand. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll have the rest of the show if you just missed it. I will have it uh, ready for you on iTunes as a podcast. But I will do this all week at uh, 2 Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 3. And the people in South Africa or in that time slot of South Africa is actually 9 p.m. Thank you guys. I appreciate you to celebrate Disability Month. I'm going to leave you with the song from Regina Mary and the song is My Albanism is Hard. Thank you guys.